You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just like that, Super Bowl week is upon us. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your new Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. I've been hosting the Locked On NFL Podcast all season long on Fridays with your boy Q. Peter Bukowski was a Patrick Mahomes-type force on Mondays. He's now going to focus on the new podcast on the Locked On Network, Locked On Today, which gives you everything you need to know in sports in just 20 minutes every day. If Bukowski is Mahomes delivering elite performances each and every week, I'm probably going to be more like Mitchell Trubisky. You just don't know what you're going to get each and every week, but damn it, it's going to be interesting. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockdownNFLPods. You can find me, Bo Brock, at Bob Rack. Easiest way to find it. Just search B-O-B-R-A-C-K on this podcast We'll get into it. The big blockbuster that went down this weekend, it was Matthew Stafford going from the Detroit Lions to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for Jared Goff, a pair of future first-round picks, and a 2021 third-round pick. Locked on Rams host Sosa Cremendez answers, who's under the most pressure in L.A. following the blockbuster deal for Stafford? Matt Derry of Locked on Lions will then tell us what type of legacy Stafford left in Detroit And Ross Jackson tells us which NFL draft prospect stock is on the rise following this past weekend's Senior Bowl in Mobile. Did we uh, see that the Pro Bowl was played virtually last night on Madden? If you tuned in, you saw Seahawks safety Jamal Adams just like screaming into his headset like a teenage boy. And Marshawn Lynch broke his chair celebrating an interception made in the game and Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray took home the MVP somehow. And I think Murray, like Vince Vaughn's character in the movie The Breakup, will tell you he can't take credit for it. He's got to thank those little digital guys with the big hearts. But the game being played virtually is probably the best route going forward for the All-Star game. There's really no way we can... They've tried several times to make the actual game interesting. I uh, covered the game in Glendale, Arizona, when the Cardinals played host in 2016. It was it was a sellout crowd. Everybody's fascinated. At that point, you know they were they weren't used to seeing a lot of talented players play in the Cardinals' home stadium. The crowd was electric. First play of the game, people were going nuts. Tony Romo, he was the starting quarterback for like Team Michael Irvin at the time. He hands off to his then Cowboys teammate Demarco Murray. Murray comes out hot. I think he had a nine-yard carry on his first carry. The place was just about ready to explode, and then Murray just pulls up just before contact, first play of the game, left turns out of bounds, pursuing defenders, shut it down as well, zero intention of tackling Murray. It just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game, and 75,000 people were immediately reminded like, oh, yeah, this is the Pro Bowl. They kind of mail it in. Like, the only play in Pro Bowl history worth noting or remembering was the late Sean Taylor erasing Buffalo Bills punter Brian Mormon on a fake attempt. Tonight's Super Bowl week kicks off with opening night. It's the AKA Super Bowl Media Day. It's where things are just going to get downright weird. They usually do this time. It's, it's also virtual. The two competing teams take their respective podiums. The NFL media meets the mainstream media and everybody else with a camera and microphone, throw down, and this shoot from the hip, no question, is out of bounds, free for all. 
We've seen marriage proposals, salsa dancing with Spanish reporters. I saw a grown man dressed in a barrel when I was covering a media day one time, and a guy, we've seen several people dressed up in costume. It's similar to the Pro Bowl where there's not a whole lot of, like, off the top of your head memories. One stands out, of course, like the Taylor hit is Marshawn Lynch holding court for about four and a half minutes, and every answer to every question was, I'm just here so I don't get fined. If anything goes down tonight, I'm sure Lucas and Ross Jackson will have a full recap on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. We haven't even crowned a champion, and there's already a blockbuster deal in the NFL. Multiple reports saying the Rams have acquired quarterback Matthew Stafford from the Lions in exchange for Jared Goff, 2022-2023, first-round pick, and a third-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Sosha Kermenjez of Locked On Rams he joins us, Sosier, quarterback guy. How big of an upgrade is Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position for L.A.? You know, I think it's a huge upgrade, to be quite honest with you. I think the way I look at this trade in specific is that, you know, Jared Goff was just too inconsistent. He did some good things, obviously, with the Rams, uh, but every time he did something good, it felt like, you know, a few steps forward, a few steps back. And so um, I think the inconsistencies were just maddening to the point where the Rams wanted to go get their guy. And, and so now they acquired Matt Stafford, obviously a 33 year old veteran, a guy who was a former first overall draft pick himself all the way back in 2009. And I think it's going to be a big upgrade. I think Matt Stafford's affinity for pushing the ball deep, uh, his willingness to push it deep, his arm talent, uh, his ability to maneuver inside of the pocket and offer that mobility that Jared Goff just doesn't have uh, his willingness to extend plays and create off platform and out of structure and his accuracy and his arm strength. I think these are all things that are going to be very big additions for the Rams in terms of their offense. And I think you've seen just how big of a step back the offense took from 2018 to 2019. And then once again, to 2020, you know, the Rams just couldn't push the ball downfield and when they could, and they ought, you know, had a guy open downfield, which wasn't very often Jared Goff just re refused to look down there. So, um, you know, Sean McGee mentioned it in his press conference that, when you can't be a source of big plays and you can't create any big plays downfield, it's going to be very hard to score. It's hard to consistently string together 12, 13, 15 play drives time after time. And we've seen it time and time again. That's why the Rams struggled on offense. And I think that's why they want to go get a guy like Stafford to kind of create some more explosives down the field. And I think it's going to ultimately be a good thing for the Rams offense. Can you pinpoint when Sean McVay and the Rams really started to think about a future without Jared Goff in it? You know, I think the turning point was probably the Miami game, Miami Dolphins. Uh, it was right around midseason. You know, it was a brutal performance from Jared Goff, maybe his worst as a pro. It was reminiscent of that 2018 Chicago Bears game. And it feels like, you know, every four, five weeks, you see a game like this pop up where he just looks absolutely clueless. And, and you know, when you go back and look at the tape and things like that, you see guys running open all over the field. And that's what's maddening about it is that, you know, coming out of that game, the media and fandom and just everyone on Twitter in general was hammering Sean McVay for not having a different game plan and not putting together a game plan that worked, so to speak, against this defense that was just running a lot of cover zero, a lot of blitzes. And then when you look at the tape, I mean, there was receivers running all over the field open. And so, you know, it's maddening and questioning how a guy who's a fifth-year pro can't pick up simple things like this. And so, you know, I think the Rams started to kind of get some doubt in their head at that point in time. And really that's when things started to go downhill. You started to see a few more games mixed in every few weeks where he looked 
relatively clueless. And I think that week 17 game against the Arizona Cardinals, actually, with John Wolford coming in, was really the nail in the coffin. You've seen Wolford come in, and you've seen the offense actually open up. He started to sh- take shots down the field. You know, he started to run the ball with his quarterback, a lot of mobility. Uh, you open up that playbook, and your quarterback should never have an open playbook when you're going to your backup. It should not be like that. It should be the complete opposite, actually. You should have to condense your playbook when your backup is in there. So, you know, I thought that was very telling. And then obviously going into the Seattle game in the playoffs, they effectively benched Jared Goff for his backup. And anytime you're benching a $135 million quarterback for an undrafted free agent, a guy who's making $900,000, a guy who has one start in his career going into a road playoff game, I mean, that's pretty much the nail, the nail in the coffin right there. Sosa Kermenjas, the Locked On Rams podcast, joins myself, Bo Brock, here on the Locked On NFL podcast. All right, this is a huge move as far as what it costs the Rams. They're going to be without a first-round draft pick until 2024. You've uh, pointed out that's going to be seven seasons consecutive without a first-round pick. Who is under the most pressure now in L.A. with Stafford in the fold? Is it Stafford himself? Is it Sean McVay or is it general manager Les Neat? That's a good question. You know, I think I want to say maybe Sean McVay, but it's tough to exactly pinpoint because I do think that it's very evident that the Rams are happy to let Les Snead do whatever he's got to do. He's earned that trust. And I think, you know, that trickles down. I think he looks at it the same way Sean McVay does. He's going to let Sean McVay do whatever he wants with that roster. Um, he probably earned that right by now, I would say so. And then you look at, you know, just all the extensions in the past that the Rams have very confusingly handed out and then, you know, turned around and essentially got rid of those guys very, very quickly after you look at Tavon Austin, uh, linebacker Alec Ogletree many years ago, recently Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, and now Jared Goff. It's very confusing as to how the Rams are paying these guys and then, you know, six to 12 months after turning around and essentially looking to dump them and it hasn't been a huge deal. You know, it's just a lot of cash burned in terms of Stan Kroenke's money. But um, it's very confusing because it is obviously taking a bit of a toll on the cap. And so I think, you know, when you look at Sean McVay, it's kind of become a little bit confusing in terms of what he wants from his offensive personnel. One year, it feels like he wants that deep threat. So he goes to trade for Brandon Cooks. And then a year later, he sees him as an expendable piece. And so he's getting rid of him. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's going to start to potentially cast some doubt from the national media, not so much the you know, the local LA based people, but it's very confusing as to how these things keep happening for the Rams, why they keep doling out these big contracts and why they aren't keeping these stars around. But at the end of the day, you know, the Rams made the move that they think is going to improve their roster. They clearly think their Super Bowl window is now. And, you know, it's hard to disagree with them. Where's the next move to improve this roster? You know, the defense, I think, is probably going to take a step back just because of some of the free agents they have coming up here. They're slated to potentially lose, you know, Leonard Floyd. John Johnson, um, potentially Troy Hill. I would think you want to probably try to improve that offense a little bit further. So I would look along the offensive line. You know, I look at center Austin Blythe, who's also another free agent. Um, You look at the teams that are left in the playoffs, even the teams that were left last week, the final four teams. I mean, you can make the discussion that those are the four best offenses in football. And we've seen the Rams, number one defense, going to Green Bay couldn't make a stop to save their lives. So at the end of the day, you got to be able to score points. Clearly, it's a passing league right now. Um, any one of these teams could put up 30 any given weekend, and I feel like that's why they made it far. So to me, it makes a lot of sense to continue investing in that offense. So I would look at the offensive line. Last question for you, So, so What was Jared Goff's impact during his Rams tenure? What will people think back on this short era, five seasons, 
and remember Jared Goff for? I think people are going to look at him and think of, you know, toughness and resiliency because I would say it ultimately worked out. You know, they paid a lot to go get him in the draft in 2016 when they moved up from, I believe it was the eighth pick to the first pick with the Tennessee Titans. And that 2016 season was horrible. I mean, it was one of the worst quarterback seasons I've ever seen in my entire life. And it wasn't even a lot of his fault, right? It was a lot of Jeff Fisher and the archaic offense they had in place. But you've seen a guy bounce back immediately in 2017 under Sean McVay, uh, take another huge step forward, drag the team to a Super Bowl in 2018. And then 2019 and 2020 were a bit of a step back. But again, three double-digit win seasons in four seasons, uh, three playoff appearances in four years, and a bunch of playoff wins, an NFC Championship game ring, and a Super Bowl appearance. And ultimately, I look at that as a huge success. That's exactly what you would take from a guy who's a number one overall pick and a guy who missed one game in his entire career. You know, I look at a guy who could have folded after that 2016 season. He said he was going to come back. He was going to work on it, and he was going to do what he had to do to get right. And ultimately, that's what he did. And I think, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for what he did uh, with this franchise. And I think he's going to be etched in, in terms of the history of this franchise. Sosa Kremenja is the host of Locked on Rams right now. You can check it out, the latest podcast. Full breakdown of the trade, a farewell to Jared Goff, what it means for the offense, and then, of course, looking at that cap space in draft picks or lack thereof for this organization going forward. You can find it all with Sosa on the latest episode of Locked on Rams. Sosa, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Appreciate you, man. Before we move on, it's important to tell you that no two people are alike and no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year and you have some questions about how it affects your filing status. Maybe you want to have an expert review your return so you don't miss any deductions on your new house that you just bought. Or maybe you just want to hand off the whole thing from start to finish, to an expert so you can just focus on your burgeoning baby photographer career. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you, TurboTax Live tax experts give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it, TurboTax Live. Here I thought I was going to have a nice, peaceful Saturday night. Open up Twitter, and there's the biggest blockbuster of the NFL offseason. The Detroit Lions, Los Angeles Rams, exchanging quarterbacks, draft picks, host of the Daily Lockdown Lions podcast. Matt Derry joins us here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Follow Matt on Twitter, at Derry Speaks. 2022-2023 firsts, 2021 third-round pick, and Jared Goff heading to the Motor City. Matt New Lions head coach Dan Campbell searching for a gluten-free kneecap option for his new signal caller, California boy, Jared Goff. Oh, man, Bo. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's been a crazy 24 hours. It's hard to believe it's finally here, but it is. And I think most fans were prepared that the Matthew Stafford era is over. And now he's headed to Los Angeles. This is what he wanted. This is what his wife wanted. They already have a house out there in, in Newport Beach, California. So he's heading to where... I think it was his first choice. And for the Lions, they get two first-round picks out of the deal. And now we can officially start the rebuild here in Detroit. I want to get into the rebuild because I think that's an important conversation. But real quick, just your thoughts. You know, Matthew Stafford, 2009 top pick. What's his legacy in Detroit? Um, you know, I, I think he'll go down as, as the best quarterback that most Lions fans in the modern era would say they saw going back to obviously maybe Bobby Lane in the, you know, in the fifties when they won the championship. 
Stafford was really good. Um, was he elite, Bo? I don't know. Uh, did he win a playoff game and at least break that hex? No, he didn't. Three trips uh, and and three losses. So his legacy will always be, man, was he really good? And they'll probably retire his number or whatever they'll do. But all in all, he never delivered the big prize, not even a playoff win. So there is a little bit of, of letdown. But all in all, too, for everything that he had to go through, all the coaches he had to go through, um, all the weird systems at times, you have to think his legacy is pretty solid and he's great in the community and very, very tough kid that uh, played through a lot of injuries. Well, that being said, does it puzzle you to see Rams fans kind of jump on the bandwagon and say, Hey, this was the missing piece for us to get over the hump and win the Super Bowl? Well, I don't think they know. Yeah. You know, I think they look at him and go, man, the national media just blubbers over this guy. and He just needed a change of scenery. And yes, that could well be. He's may make some big time throws. He's, he at times can be very, very good. But now, Bo, and I said this on my show on Sunday, Mookie Betts was a hired gun in L.A. They went out and got him to bring that championship, and he did it. LeBron James, same thing in L.A., brought there to win it. Matthew Stafford's got to win a playoff game first before he wins a championship. And with Sean McVay, I like that combo. I think there's some good weapons there for him. But in that big spot, in the, in the real big lights of L.A., can he get it done? I'm not not ready to say he's bringing them any championships quite yet. Sean McVay, of course, uh, gets a lot of credit for the recent success from the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff, not. He exits unceremoniously after having, uh, he, you know, he was part of teams that obviously went to the Super Bowl. They've won double digits. They haven't, they haven't won less than nine since McVay got there. Jared Goff now joins a uh, former member of the front office from Los Angeles, new general manager, for the Detroit Lions and, and Brad Holmes. What's uh, what's Goff's role here? Is he going to be their starter day one in Detroit? Yes, he is. Um, I think they're going to build around Jared Goff for a couple of years. I think I think Brad Holmes likes him. I think they feel like he needed a change of scenery too. But with that being said now, the Lions will have their option at number seven in the draft if Justin Fields is there, if Trey Lance is there. I don't believe Zach Wilson will be to get a quarterback and put him behind golf and see what happens. But knowing Brad Holmes, the way I, I've started to get to know him and, and, and watch him, I think Brad Holmes wants to give golf every opportunity here to be the guy they've got him for at least two years and then they can get rid of that contract, get rid of him. But for the next two, he's under contract for over $25 million. So I think they're looking at him as the bridge. And if it doesn't work out, they cut bait after 2022 and, they would, I would assume, have a young guy ready. But I don't know if that young guy will be this year or in next year's draft. But at some point here in the next two years, there will be a young quarterback. But I think for now, they're going to see what Goff can bring to the table. Who else becomes available now at the Lions? Because is, is it a complete teardown at this point? I think it is. They won't say rebuild. But Dan Campbell now has told some beat writers over the last couple of days, is they're looking two to three years ahead. They're looking ahead. So I think they're finally now admitting that there's, this thing's a teardown. Bo, the defense is abysmal. I mean, yeah. it's so bad. You're going to need eight or nine new starters on that defense. They're going to want to bring back Kenny Galladay at, at receiver. They're going to want to bring bring back Romeo Aquara at defensive end. But then all bets are off on the other free agents that they would want to retain. They've got some bad contracts that I, I would think they're going to try to get out from under, like Justin Coleman, uh, uh, Desmond Trufant, guys like that. But, you know, the younger guys, the Galladays, the Hawkinsons, the Swifts, They'll stay. Um, 
you know, defensively, they do need to keep Oquara. He was the one guy that could get to the quarterback. But, no, this this should be a rebuild, and that's okay. As long as they say it is, and and, and Brad Holmes can have a couple of really good drafts where they're drafting high, um, then I think that this thing will be sh- a short rebuild, not a long one. Are you ready to declare a winner as far as this trade? I mean, no, but, I mean, it would be so Lions. It would be such a Lion-esque thing if Stafford went to L.A. and immediately – went to the Super Bowl. It would just be so apropos for what this Detroit franchise has gone through. I mean, Bo, one playoff win in 63 years. That is unbelievable. Now, Jared Goff has a couple of playoff wins in five years. Um, And the Lions have won as an organization since 1957. That came in, of course, 1991. So to declare a winner or loser, I think the Lions did pretty well. At first, I didn't like that they didn't get a number one this year. But getting two number ones... Um, you know, and, and letting Stafford go where he wanted, you know, th- there will be no uh, issues with Matthew and the organization. There will be all love there. Recall the last two times the Lions have had big time people leave. Barry Sanders retiring and being pissed at the Lions. Calvin Johnson retiring and being angry at the Lions for taking some bonus money back. Stafford should have nothing but good things to say about Detroit, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah, last question. I mean, you bring that up, and we see the reports, I believe, is Josina Anderson saying that Washington even had a better offer for that. So was it important for this organization to keep up that good relationship with a former player where they'd kind of dropped the ball with previous opportunities? Yeah, I think it is. I think this new regime that's in, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Chris Spielman, John Dorsey, they're building something nice there. There, there is a front office there that is much more accommodating. Uh, the last GM, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they were they were a bear to deal with. So, I think they're trying to get some niceties here. They're trying to clean up the culture. They've said that, and I think that's a good thing. If you have questions, you want to uh, connect with Matt on Twitter, you can absolutely do that at Dairy Speaks. Of course, you can check him out on a daily basis right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Locked On Lions. Matt, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bo. This episode of Locked On NFL Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that's legit. I mean, of all the things that I'm telling you today, take this one to heart. It's the best-tasting protein bar by far. It tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go along with the 12 OG flavors, the ones that we already know and love, like German chocolate, peanut butter, double chocolate, toffee almond, and my personal favorite, mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and they're equally as healthy as they are delicious. They're great for the health-conscious person. Lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious built bar. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The lines on the big game are starting to take shape here on Monday of Super Bowl week. The Kansas City Chiefs three-point favorites over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a pretty high point total, 56. You like the over, 56 points, or the under? It's always fun to root for the over, but where's the smart money going? It's tough to know, but there's only one place to trust as far as where you're going to place your bet online. That's betonline.ag. And if you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and you use the promo code locked on, one word, 
you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put in 50 bucks, you'll get 25 free dollars to play around with. You could bet on the Super Bowl without even having to spend a cent of your own money. You could start to build a stack for March Madness for free, not even on your own dime. That's by logging on to betonline.ag, creating your own account for free, and getting a 50% welcome bonus. You put in 100 you get $50 to play around with. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. College basketball, NHL, NBA. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The blockbuster deal between the Rams and Lions, it wasn't the only thing going on in the football world this weekend. Most of the NFL scouting departments from each team descended upon Mobile, Alabama, For the Senior Bowl, our guy Ross Jackson. Of course, you hear him Tuesdays here on the Locked On NFL podcast with Lucas Braun, and he's your daily Locked On Saints podcast host. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Ross Jackson. Nola, Ross, before we get into the Senior Bowl, you're the host Mm -hmm. of Locked On Saints. Is there any added pressure on New Orleans to lock down Drew Brees' successor now that another NFC contender upgraded at the quarterback position? Yeah, it's a great question, especially one that uh, the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Saints fans know very well, unfortunately, in the Los Angeles Rams. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I do think that there is a little bit of pressure there, but I, I think that the the course of action remains the same for New Orleans. They seem to be very focused on wanting to return Jameis Winston, so I don't think that it puts them in a position to where they have to find another avenue. It's just the avenue that they have they'll want to take care of before free agency opens, I would imagine. They don't want to add for the second consecutive season the NFL's passing yardage leader in Deshaun Watson this year like they did in James Winston yeah if only they could (laughs) (laughs) if only they could afford it uh unfortunately they don't have the capital to really uh make any of those big trades happen you know I talked about Matt Stafford being maybe an option for them but even then the capital and compensation would have been nothing in terms of what the Saints could offer compared to the haul that they got from Los Angeles including a replacement quarterback essentially at least a bridge for their future so I think that it's going to be tough for the Saints to pull off any trade short of maybe somebody else hitting the market that we're not expecting at the moment Ross Jackson joins us here at the Locked On NFL podcast. So let's get into the Senior Bowl. It was a uh, victory on Saturday for the national team. They beat the American team. I don't know. Does does anybody really care about the outcome, the final score of the (laughs) Senior Bowl? Is that fair to ask? I think it's fair to ask. I think a lot of people really focus on the practice week more than the game. But this one was a pretty entertaining game and did have some intrigue toward the end of it. So I guess there was that. All right, let's get more into what people are interested in is the the risers and, and the fallers as far mm-hmm. as draft stocks concerned. Who were the uh, who were the stars in Mobile from this past week? Yeah, I think some standouts for sure. Uh, quarterback Mac Jones out of uh, out of Alabama. He was somebody that didn't participate in the game, but did get all three days of practice and had to leave uh, out of the, the last practice on Thursday a little early with the left ankle injury. But he was somebody that really raised his status a bit because there were a lot of question marks about him coming into this draft process about what he would look like without those elite receivers over on the opposite uh, over on the you know either side of him. He was there playing with more unfamiliar talent around him and still looked pretty good, although he looked a little. Uh, Uh, questionable on Tuesday he really stepped his game up throughout the week Uh, another big riser for me would be and this is why I love the senior bowl right you get these guys out of small schools that you wouldn't be talking about otherwise Uh, let's talk about South Dakota State University wide receiver Cade Johnson uh, Hmm. who just looks crisp and creates separation well like no other on the field on uh, throughout practices so he was great Uh, offensive lineman Dylan Radins is an absolute snowplow out of North Dakota State University he did a lot of favors for himself as well 
as a fringe first rounder. And then one other guy that I'll bring up is UCF safety Richie Grant, who probably worked his way into early day two or at least round two consideration. He played really, really well at the safety position throughout these practices. Yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting. And is it was it paramount, especially this time around, with the different look that we're going to get from the NFL combine for these guys mm-hmm. to kind of make their mark? Yeah, I think so. I mean, think about it. This was a full week to where there was no other football going on, right? There was nothing else happening that would distract you from what was going on from the evaluation perspective here for these NFL teams, aside from obviously some backdoor trade talks between the Lions and other teams, of course, that were going on. But outside of that, the focus was on these guys, and this was an opportunity for them to go out there and not only prove what they could do on the field, but also take part in in some very important parts of the process off the field in terms of interviewing and talking and meeting in person with NFL franchises, which otherwise is going to be barred from happening over the course of this offseason. Everything else is going to be in Zoom to where you don't necessarily pick up the same types of vibes you'll pick up from somebody in person. They also did financial literacy and responsibility courses, legends, conversations where they got to ask, you know, Senior Bowl alums questions about their transfer into the NFL. Lots of really great stuff to sort of heighten their understanding off the field as well as put themselves on display on it. One of the other big names that emerged, who certainly wasn't before because he played his uh, college days at Wisconsin Whitewater, <laughs> Quinn Miners, with the, uh, yeah. the center guard, versatile. What else do we know about Quinn? Yeah, versatile is really great. I think you can say tenacious for sure. It's the guy who broke his hand and still played. Uh, he really, really argued and fought for his spot to be able to play. So you can see a little bit of that wherewithal in terms of, first of all, an understanding of self, right? How effective can I be even though I have this injury on the field? But also just somebody with a willingness and a toughness that, of course, is immeasurable. Uh, so it was great to see that. And, you know, he he made a name for himself with his play uh, beyond just the, the photos of him coming out with his belly out on the field and everything. But <laughs> He also looked really good out there on the field as a player as well. All right, so those are the standouts. Anybody's stock take a hit this past week? Yeah, I think that there are some folks that maybe are a little bit more concerned at the moment in terms of not being able to raise their profile. But we should highlight that from the scouting perspective of the Senior Bowl, it's really all about finding positive trends and really working off of that in terms of what's developable and what might be fixable or adjustable coming into the NFL. But some guys that didn't necessarily do themselves any favors. Uh, one guy, uh, quarterback out of Texas, uh, Sam Ellinger, just really struggled throughout the week. Uh, processing speed was a little slow. Uh, some issues as well with decision making and, and, and arm power, like arm strength and things like that. Some of those things are very evidenced uh, out there on the field. And then Alex Leatherwood, surprisingly, mm-hmm. out of uh, Alabama, he was a guy that really struggled on the offensive line, kind of got bullied around a little bit out there. Uh, obviously, you know, he's coming. He's He was probably coming freshest off of a season or amongst the group that was coming freshest off of a season. So there's some understanding there, but certainly uh, raised some questions about his play up against these all-star level guys. It's interesting, and it's, and it's every year at least one darling comes from the senior bowl and makes an impact the following mm-hmm. NFL season. Can't wait to see, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what pans out from this group, Ross Jackson, of course, locked on saints. And, uh, you can hear him, Lucas Braun tomorrow. What do you guys got coming up on the podcast tomorrow? Oh, we'll have a lot to talk about with all the movement going on around the NFL. But, you know, for Luke and I, it's always about trying to bring a fun twist and conversation to all this. So certainly more about the quarterback and carousel. And then, of course, we'll have our uh, we'll have our fantasy outlook, our fantasy forum at the end of the day as well. We'll talk a little bit about how this uh, how this Lions and Rams trade affects your fantasy draft coming up next season. Can't wait to hear it. Ross Jackson, give him a follow on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. The next time I talk to you will be next Monday 
after the Super Bowl. The NFL will have crowned a champion, and we'll have a full recap from the big game in the meantime. Enjoy us ramping you up for Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs all week long right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. 